From across time and space and throughout the multiverse, listen as two generations of comic book readers come together to discuss a single character or event that shaped pop culture as we know it. Let Your Geek Side Show presents Then and Now with Susan and Kitty. Hey everyone, welcome to Then and Now. I'm Susan. And I'm Kitty. And today we're taking a look at a major Marvel villain who has definitely evolved over the years. (laughs) Get it? Yeah? Huh? Um, He's proud of his mutant powers and fights to protect his people from a world that fears their strength. So without further ado, let's get drawn into the mastery of magnetism. Magneto. Then Then and and now. now. (laughs) Yes, we finally got one. Ba-bum. Oh my gosh. I was so excited when we decided to do a Magneto then and now. Like, I love Magneto. He's such a great character. And there's so many different, like, facets to him Mm -hmm. that I'm really excited to kind of, like, dig into, like, what makes Magneto tick. Like, what is the through line of Magneto then and now in comics? Yeah. Whenever I think of X-Men characters, primarily like the OG kind of. Oh, I just Magneto start hear- is the OG. I just start hearing <laughs> the, the theme song for the animated series in my head. So that's going to be going through my head this whole time. And- oh, I wish we could play that. Like we should just play it in the background. No, no. <laughs> Might run no. into a copyright well, issue. Yeah, there's a little bit of an issue there. But- just imagine it, if you will. Yeah. You all know it. If you're listening to this podcast, you know it. <laughs> Awesome. So where's Magneto right now? I actually haven't picked up a comic where he was kind of even in it since like 2000, early 2000s. Let's do that. Okay. (laughs) So it's actually interesting because in the most current moment, um, he's kind of been a bit player in a lot of of events that Mm -hmm. involve the X-Men because Mm -hmm. he is such a, a monolith of the mutant mythos, I guess. Like he, he I is love that. The monolith of the mutant mythos. Magneto. <laughs> There's so many M's that you can oh, I uh, love it. But yeah, it it's it's interesting because a lot of the way that I see Magneto right now is through actually the newer generations of of X-Men characters, particularly like Gen X and uh, the newest Gen X and and how these characters treat this kind of legendary figure, even within the world of their own fiction. That's crazy. Cause like I'm, I, when I think of Magneto, first off, I think that Chris Claremont should write Magneto for always, <laughs> like even into the ether of the world. Like there should always be Chris Claremont Magneto out there. Like that should exist. But I come from the time when like Magneto was like on the ground battling. So it's like, it's like almost, it's it's funny to listen to the fact that he's elevated beyond that now because he was so in the nitty gritty of it when he was a fighter. Yeah, and and so when I think of Magneto right now in the context of current X Men comics, I think of uh, a young punkish Quentin Quire with his pink hair wearing uh, Magneto T shirts, ironically, because that's what he does. Because he's kind of like a, an anti establishment. Uh, character, he's super. He's a super powerful mutant, but he wears shirts that say Magneto was right. He he's worn a shirt that says Swagneto. Oh my um, god! <laughs> so it's is it weird that I find like I'm I feel like the old person who's like way to be disrespectful. Like <laughs> it's it's interesting because that's how I see it, and it's like oh my goodness for for these newer X Men characters, he is a figure of 
their pop culture, which is weird to think of pop culture within the world of the X-Men. But but it does happen because now they're, we're talking about generations of mutants who yeah. have come forth. And we, we even have like mutants from Wakanda now, too, yeah. in certain storylines. So it's really cool to think about the like the first generation like the mutants who who laid on the barbed wire so that other mutants could wear t-shirts like that <laughs> like whoa <laughs> you know I, I, yeah. I, it's really no. morbid to think about but there there has to be that first generation that fights so the next generation can live a little bit easier yeah and and he's still he's still doing that in the comics but i think there is a lot more room for other characters to play and 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 it's really cool to see how those characters are inspired either by magneto's philosophy or professor x or other Mm -hmm. other ways of mutant life Um, i don't think there's like a way to discuss magneto accurately without bringing in professor x oh no mix like you kind of have to use them in a in opposition to each other Mm -hmm. in in terms of their ideals but at the same time you have to understand that they both have different experiences Mm -hmm. so it's about when you look at them you have to look at life experience like were you in the trenches literally or did you come from privilege like how that shapes your worldview and your political views and your ideologies Mm -hmm. so one of the turning points for me and one of the reasons I love Magneto is because I love characters that aren't all one thing Mm -hmm. like I don't like characters that like well they're always going to destroy the world every time they show up um, Magneto obviously has destroyed a lot of things, <laughs> killed a lot of people, but um, Magneto isn't always the bad guy. No. Um, he fights for a common cause along with the X-Men a lot, especially when you have Sentinels and people trying to, like, governments trying to wipe out the mutant race. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me... It, it's fascinating to see a character like Magneto evolve (laughs) (laughs) even in his like personality more so than just being like the next evolution of the human race. Right. Yeah. And, and so going back to um, you talk about, he just destroys a lot of things and including there's always humans who don't like the mutants. There's the Sentinels. So it was really interesting because I think the last the last really big Magneto-centric storyline that happened in comics recently was um, about 2014, 2015. He actually had a solo series that culminated as – and I I think I bring this up in every Marvel then and now podcast mm-hmm. that we've done. But if you haven't read the Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars, <laughs> everything kind of hinges off that moment. Oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like we couldn't continue to do this podcast <laughs> if I read Secret Wars because then I'd know what you were talking about. I but know. I really do want to read Secret Wars now. So for those of you playing along with your bingo cards, I'm going to talk about Secret <laughs> Wars again. So this series actually happened before. Um, and this was the it, it was called Magneto. That was the single uh, or the solo series. It led into the event of Secret Wars. And so a lot of series around that time have arcs called The Last Days Of. And so this Mm. is The Last Days of Magneto. And so he's been through the Axis storyline by now, which I'll get into a little bit later for what that meant for his character. But he's at a point right now where actually a lot of humans think he's really cool. And of course, the mutants think he's really cool. And as Secret Wars is about to occur, it's the ultimate Earth about to collide with the 616. Like the planets are literally headed towards each other. Mm -hmm. And so he, with his daughter Polaris, decide 
we have to protect this earth. It's the 616 Magneto. We have to protect this earth. And that means he's fighting off sentinels from the ultimate earth. And he's actually trying to destroy the ultimate universe to protect his earth. He knows that he can't win with everybody. Not everyone loves him. But he's in a pretty good place as people viewing him as an important figure. That's so cool. Because again, if you're playing along with your bingo cards, I always talk (laughs) about through lines of characters. Magneto is a highly logical character. He's always forward thinking, regardless of whether or not you agree with what his future entails. But the fact that he would decide um, to, he always picks a side. Mm -hmm. Like he decided, you're saying, to to protect the 616 and allow the ultimate universe to be destroyed and took part in destroying it. Yes. Unfortunately, he didn't completely succeed. And so he and everyone um, end up enwrapped in the incursion, which is what puts everyone onto Battle World where Secret Wars takes place. But mm. to see that, it was really cool that he was, he kind of put the mutant human divide aside and said, this is now about worlds. And so for the greater good of a world, he was fighting sentinels and other heroes from a rival earth just, just to make sure that people would survive. And, and he unfortunately was destroyed in the incident and then regenerated in secret wars and in the battle world area. But I just, I thought that was really cool because in this, this, pop culture of the X-Men, it's always, oh, Magneto will do anything to keep the mutants on top, even if that means destroying humans. But in in this moment, he made a different choice. It's funny because in another storyline from the 80s, it was called uh, God Loves, Man Kills. And it was kind of, it was another instance where Magneto teams up with the X-Men to, mostly because the X-Men saw the threat of the humans and saw what the humans were headed towards. And they start asking themselves, is Magneto right in this scenario? Is Magneto, the t- like, is his philosophy the, the type of philosophy that will protect us or the type of philosophy that will destroy us? So it was one of the first times that you saw Professor X and the X-Men team come to Magneto's side because of all of the devastation that humanity was calling or causing and you wind up seeing exactly what we were talking about as mutants as the next level and what does that mean for humans and humans are trying to protect themselves and they everyone goes into survival mode essentially Mm -hmm. and you see all of the x-men and magneto on one side and you will recognize a lot of these elements of the the story were borrowed for x2 in the X-Men mm. movies, but this was a Chris Claremont story from the <laughs> 80s that is pretty, pretty cool. So now going off of where Magneto draws the line between himself and others, mm-hmm. recently in the comics, there's been another divide, not just mutant and human. There's been the mutants versus the inhumans. So that was a actually a big storyline he featured in that, but he wasn't, he wasn't one of the biggest players okay. in that because this series actually saw the rise of Emma Frost deciding to become a villain again. But what was fascinating was she decided in her villainy to take the iconography of Magneto because there's a a panel that went around when the series came out of her putting on a new helmet she's designed 
and it looks like Magneto's helmet, but it's got the the crosses of, um, or it's got the red X for like Cyclops kind mm-hmm. of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was an event, if, if you don't know what happened recently, um, the Inhumans are formed with Terrigen mist, like yes. they kind of awaken, and then mutants have the X gene. And so people were finding out that the Terrigen mist was reacting negatively to bodies with the X gene. And so the mutants' bodies were kind of destroying themselves. And so a bunch of mutants were dying. And so it kind of launched a full-scale conflict between the Inhumans and the X-Men, resolved with uh, Medusa actually destroying the Terrigen clouds so that mutants could survive. Um, The conflict had been largely manipulated by Emma Frost, um, who believed there was no time to go to negotiations. We just had to start a war. Wow. And so it was was interesting. So Magneto was in that, but... um, we really got to see Emma Frost taking I, parts of Magneto's ideologies and then using that to go up against another race of Marvel superheroes. That's that's <laughs> crazy. One, um, it's really difficult for me to think of the X-Men and the Inhumans in the same type of storyline, even though they are very similar character, like types of characters. You know, it's like the the born versus bred type of situation where it's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, the mist awakens powers versus like we were born this way. So it's a very interesting thing to have in comics and to address in comics. And Magneto's always been at the forefront of these two different types of uh, forward thinking, like what, like we were born this way, therefore we are supposed to be this way. So, like that's Magneto's kind of creed, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Like, you know, mutant and proud, mutant and proud. Like he's very proud of everything that has been given to him. And he uses his powers in a way that <laughs> like this is so controversial because I'm I'm I I like Magneto as a character. I do not think of him as being a bad guy because I think that if um if he is a mutant and he's proud of being a mutant, then that then he should do what he can to protect that situation. Sometimes his methods are a little unorthodox. His methods are awful. <laughs> <laughs> he should definitely not do any like I have to in order for me to like Magneto the way that I like Magneto, I have to think of him in terms of his uh what he believes instead of what he does. So in a way, I'm exactly like the new generation of the (laughs) mutants who look at him as a mythological figure rather than this horrible, like, killer and mass murderer because that's what he has done for years and years and years. He even went on trial at one point because of how... um, how he behaved. And at that point he had been like a full fledged good guy for a while, but he still had to answer for all of the lives that he had taken from Mm -hmm. the humans. Because the thing is, is like, we're supposed to be living together. We're not supposed to be living apart. Like that's, if you're talking about the X-Men, the X-Men, that's what they believe. Like we are all on this earth together. Let's protect each other and live in harmony. So, (laughs) you know, we want Magneto on that team. It benefits all sides to have someone with such passion and such like core amazing beliefs on that side. You probably shouldn't do the things that Magneto does though <laughs> in order to get there. So to see him go on trial was actually very refreshing because it was kind of one of the first times you saw a character who was bad, who turned good, who had to 
answer for his crimes. Like, you did do all of this. Mm-hmm. Explain yourself. And you have to accept the responsibility for and punishment for everything that you've done. So speaking of bad guy turning good, <laughs> the 2014 comic book or like 2013, 2014 series, um, Axis literally flipped a bunch of characters on their heads in terms of their alignments. And the biggest, one of the biggest parts of this conflict um, was actually that Red Skull got a hold of Professor X's brain and was using it to, and, and he had his powers and he became Red Onslaught. And so he was using those powers to become a villain. And Magneto was actually on the side of heroes who flipped to good. Um, awesome. I love it. And so there were. Tell me more. <laughs> so there were a number of mutants who actually swapped their alignments. Um, I I can't remember for the life of me right now the catalyzing incident that caused this flip. Um probably had something to do with Charles's brain. But um, I mean, I imagine once someone steals Charles's brain, that's kind of an action <laughs> that would set forth any kind of conflict. But it was actually pretty funny because a lot of major villains you saw turning good. This was when we saw Loki actually picking up Thor's hammer. Um, Captain America, the new Captain America Falcon uh, actually showed up as a bad guy. And, and so it was really interesting wow. who got kind of flipped on their axis here. Um, I, w- I wonder why they called that storyline access. So we saw the betrayal of certain mutants in this situation. Um, Havoc turned bad and actually stayed bad after this event. Um, Havoc always had that in him, though, if you think about yeah. it. Like, if you really think about who Havoc is and his bloodline and where he came from, like, that guy always was, he was going to snap at something. <laughs> he was he was a time bomb. Yeah. And, and just going to say it. <laughs> another one of the characters who actually ended up being quite an antagonist in this incident was Scarlet Witch. I know. So I, I, I wanted to talk this. to you about because <laughs> I know. Oh, no. I know. this. So I didn't read the storyline, so that I'm going to preface it with that. I, I've kept up on Scarlet Witch, so I know a little bit about what happened, but I don't know the details because I have not read the storyline for our audience. I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about now on the now side of things. I mean, I... I knew their relationship, the familial relationship that Mm -hmm. Magneto has had with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. This event was kind of controversial in the fact that Wanda is is all crazy angry. And so she tries to curse. She tries to enact a magic curse that will only affect members of her bloodline. And when Quicksilver drops to the ground, writhing in pain, but Magneto is standing on his own two feet, everyone was like, what the heck just happened? And they revealed that Scarlet Witch was no longer Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are not descended of Magneto. Mm-hmm. Polaris is still mm-hmm. uh, related, but it that bloodline kind of that everybody just I, I took yeah. it for granted. It was it was oh, kind no. of there. It was like, you know, if you figured out that somehow William wasn't Charles's son. Like, you know, like I, I'm going, that's correct for the Brits, right? Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, I was thinking Charles Xavier. I was like, what? Oh, no, I was no. thinking like Prince or, you know, William and K- I don't know. Anyway, I, bad, bad, bad season. Anyway, <laughs> I tried to do something and I'm, and I failed. Stick to the pop culture. Stick to pop culture. You don't know England. Anyway. But I don't, I don't, you don't need to comment on like, cause what's happened now with that revelation is, is happening. But, I want to see what the the then side of things was. For me, Scar- why did this upset so many people? For me, Scarlet Witch is always going to be Magneto's daughter. Like that's that's just the 
the ins and outs of it. Um, I, I know that it was undone in comics. I know that it was undone in the MCU. Uh, but to me, Polaris is her sister who, and they never get along because Wanda's kind of like the sister that doesn't get it. And Polaris is the sister that does like, (laughs) um, and to me, that's how it is because for so long, we're talking like decades and decades and decades. She was his daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's like pulling the rug under any character. It's like finding out Thor isn't related to Odin. <laughs> you know, like it's um, – it w- I, I remember reading about it on one of my comic book websites that I check news from even though I'm not entirely caught up on current books and just going, well, now I have no reason to care about this. Like, you know – um. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Like in the then side of things, Magneto is Scarlet Witch's father. That's that's the bottom line and that's the truth and there's no undoing that for me. <laughs> and, and I think it goes along with Magneto and his mythos just being so ingrained in X-Men stories. Oh, yeah. I acknowledge, I'm like, oh yeah, this happened. This this reversion of their bloodline happened, but it it does still feel that same way to me. I'm like, of course you've got him and his his lovely children with their strange mutant powers. Yeah, and you know, I I loved I'm sorry to say this, but I loved House of M. So <laughs> I loved Scarlet Witch using her power in this like completely horrific way. Mm-hmm. You know, the no more mutants thing is is terrible and she did it for completely selfish reasons, you know. But to me, like that even backed up the fact that she is of Magneto because Magneto does a lot of things for completely selfish reasons. <laughs> um, you know, like he's like, so, oh, you got that from your father. Yeah, like so many things are just like complete self-interest and you can't like kind of backpedal away from them. So something that Scarlet Witch and Magneto have in common is this like doing a horrible thing and having to backpedal through it. And then having to accept the consequence and move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what allows them both to fall on both sides of the coin. Both of them have been really good and both of them have been really awful. And (laughs) I think think that that's what makes a well-rounded and very healthy character is the ability to do that. And something that Marvel in general does really well is hold characters accountable for their actions, Mm -hmm. even if their actions are in a – like – in a comic book world. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and I, I and I like that because in in the continuity you can see, I mean that's how that's how there is like a mutant pop culture and that's how there are all these instances in which Magneto is a very visible he's he's either down on the ground doing what he does yeah. to protect the mutants or he becomes a a figure that the and younger mutants are referencing. It's like an it's like an inspiration. Like you build a statue to the person that inspires you, to the person who holds the ideology that you have. And while Magneto, again, you know, history gets blurred, and when history is repeated over and over again, it's not exactly how it happened. <laughs> so I'm sure the younger generation of mutants aren't getting, you know, the horrible stuff. They're getting the good stuff mm-hmm. and the way he fought for their ideals that they currently have and not the way he did it in the past. Right. But that's what you do. I mean, it's not it's not good, but it <laughs> but it happens. Yeah. And 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 so in relegating him to that kind of like how Marvel he hasn't appeared, he hasn't had a solo series since um 
the end with Secret Wars there in 2015. But And he has appeared in all these other events, but he hasn't been the main focus and I and I think that's good for now. I mean, I'd love yeah. to see him him focus more in something. But I actually think that's good now too for just comics in general. Like we need to get a new generation of comic book readers. Yeah, and the new generation of comic book readers has to love their characters the way we loved the characters we loved. Yeah. So we can have Magneto, and I hope that comic book readers who are new do pick up Magneto and love him the way that I've loved him. But I also hope that they find a character that has their ideology and maybe doesn't kill a whole bunch of people to get there. <laughs> yeah, and and it allows it allows Marvel a lot of fun chances to play with new mutant characters. And, Not new mutant characters, yeah, no, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I got additional yeah, ones. I got it. <laughs> good, good, because you never know when you when you accidentally slap an adjective but before one of these superhero yeah. team names. Because then it's like, that's actually another book. We're talking about an entirely different thing now. Yeah, but, but it allows a lot of diversity of powers and and different like even we've got a mutant from Wakanda now so mm-hmm. you get to you get to open the world up and see how that they how they react to their own while history keep, yes while keeping the history that's exactly what I was yeah. going to say so if fans are looking to read some magneto comics current like now what current comics what i mean not they're not really current but cuz current would be ongoing now yeah. but he doesn't have a solo series yes. right now, but Kitty understands me. Yes. If you do want to read some of the more modern Magneto stories, um, if you pick up Axis, that's definitely a big one. Um, I don't know how they collected that event into trades, but there is Magneto Axis. Um, the Magneto solo series from 2014, um, definitely the last days of Magneto. That's the last volume in that collection. And then probably most recently, if you want the most relevant one that he's featured in, Inhumans versus X-Men, because that even though he's not a major player, you can see how Emma Frost is taking his ideology into In her own way. mutant philosophy. Anyway, that's mine. My thing. <laughs> um, and, and so if, yeah, if they're looking for the classic stuff. For the classic stuff, I would say pick up anything that features Magneto that has Chris Claremont, written by Chris Claremont on it. Chris Claremont is uh, that guy. Um, but... For me, it, you, you'd want to pick up The Trial of Magneto from 1985. I don't really know how it's collected, but The Trial of Magneto is what I was talking about in terms of Magneto's good, but he does have to account for the bad things that he's done. I would also pick up um, God Loves, Man Kills. It's an X-Men storyline, and it also features Magneto, also written by Chris Claremont, um, and I, Magneto. Um, that's just a really good storyline, and it's the first time that he actually wasn't all bad and just kind of the gray area type anti-hero. So, um, yeah, that's what I would go for for the then side. So you can go pro-mutant at your local comic book store to pick up these Magneto books and more. I did not mean for that to rhyme, but it did. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sticking with us today because that's Magneto then, then and, and now. now. This has been Then and Now. For more ad-free pop culture news and content, visit geeksideshow.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to let your geek side show.